Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Eastern Turkestan, Southern Mongolia, Tibet, and even Hong Kong are now captive nations held by the Chinese Communist Party. Today we interview Sihun Kim, who leads CaptiveNations.org. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we are interviewing a new friend, Sihun Kim, with the Captive Nations Coalition. There is a movement for liberty among four particular nations or regions in China that are being occupied by the Communist Party of China. I wanna welcome from Rochester, New York, via Skype, uh, a man who is influential in Washington, D.C., leading this foreign policy initiative. Welcome, Sihun Kim, how are you, sir? Good to be here, thank you, sir, for having me. Well, I'm honored to meet you. I met you recently at CPAC in Florida, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and you were introduced to me by my good friends, Frank Gaffney and Didi Laugason, who lead uh, you know, their organization for conservative approach to foreign policy. Uh, how is how did you get started with Captive Nations Coalition? And you are now the director there? Yes, sir. So um, just to provide a bit of a background, the Captive Nations Coalition was actually started um, and still operated under the Committee on Present Danger China, of which uh, my, our, our colleague uh, Frank Gaffney is the vice chairman and of which uh, Didi Logason, our, our good colleague as well, uh, serves as the executive secretary. And so um, this was started back in the August of 2020 to represent and to uplift the voices of those that has been uh, cap become captive under the Chinese Communist Party. So when you say captive, does that mean Tibet is or is not part of China proper? What's the history there? So the history is clear, is that when we say captive nations coalitions, um, we, we, mean, we mean as, as it is. We mean that these nations have been uh, currently taken over by the Chinese Communist Party and are uh, undergoing a, a brutal occupation by the government. And we want to uplift their voices uh, because of that and, and for other reasons as well. So we do not recognize uh, that they're part of the so-called People's Republic of China. So I know, Mongolia, for example, is an independent nation. They are sort of between China and Russia, but you're saying Southern Mongolia has sort of been carved out and co-opted by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, is this to promote communism or is there any measure of independence for those people to govern themselves? Because they speak a different language, they have a different culture, a different history, and yet they're sort of being occupied. Well, Southern Mongolia, also known as the Inner Mongolia, um, that region has been taken over by the, the Chinese Communist Party since um, since a way beginning. And, and yes, um, part, it, it's partly because of the brutal communist rule, but it also has a lot to do with the fact that um, uh, the Mongolian people there um, who have lived there for hundreds and hundreds of years uh, don't 
uh, identify themselves as Chinese, and they've never, a matter of fact, they have never identified themselves as such. Um, and, and so uh, that's part of the reason why um, they want, uh, would rather have independence than to be part of uh, this greater People's Republic of China, um, as the Communist Party puts it. And so, um, it, you know, I would I would say it's a mixture of both, but also more towards the fact that they want to be they want to be called Mongolians, not Chinese. Now, we've all read and even, you know, American News has done some underground reporting. We've seen on PBS, for example, East Turkestan has been uh, enslaved almost by the Chinese Communist Party and the Uyghur movement. These are peaceful Muslim people who are being kidnapped and brainwashed in like re-education camps. And it's horrible, the human rights abuses that are happening in what the Communist Party now calls Western China, but it, it's actually historically Eastern Turkestan. Uh, what do you know about this? Well, uh, just like Southern Mongolia and Tibet, East Turkestan, or also known as Xinjiang um, specifically, has, has been also taken over by the communist Chinese. Um, this goes back all the way back to the, the dynastic period of China. Um, and anything, any, essentially anything that, any land that has been touched by some dynasty back in China, the, the communist Chinese uh, lay claim to it. Like they're doing it to places like Kazakhstan or even uh, Vladivostok, all the way down to Eastern Russia. Um, and so uh, after the takeover by the Chinese Communist Party, um, the Uyghurs were, by by large um, ignored a, a bit um, until uh, until the the Communist Party decided to eradicate them all. Uh, eventually, uh, starting in the early 2000s, actually the plans were there, um, and so these people who are not only uh, you know peaceful, but in a way they uh, they're sort of a lot of them are sort of the model minority. Um, in, in within within the People's Republic of China, uh, and 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 one other thing uh, in on in addition to that is you know um, they may have been a model minority in the system, but um, you know in the greater eastern East Turkestan uh, context, um, there's still people under a brutal occupation, and and despite that, and they they chose to not choose violence overall. So there is. Uh sort of a peaceful backlash, but with with all the military power against their own people, the Communist Chinese, uh, Party of China is really uh, putting the, the, their thumbs in the screws and, and there's just no way uh, for peaceful people to resist this without bloodshed as some people have tried and failed. We need to take a short break, but when we come back, I'm gonna ask Sihu and Kim about Hong Kong and their recent migration out of the British Empire after uh, I think the 1997 treaty, how is China respecting their freedom and apparently they're not after this. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. For example, you can get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99 a set. That's a savings of 60% and the lowest price in history. And remember, they're made with the world's best cotton, grown where the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River all meet. 
They come with my 10-year warranty, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99, the lowest price in history. If you do it right now, I'm also going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is my pillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. What I love most about My Slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Sihoon Kim. He's talking about Captive Nations, and he leads the Captive Nations Coalition as the director, CaptiveNations.org. There are four particular nationalities that have been uh, occupied by the Communist Chinese Party. And Sihoon Kim, I wanna ask about Hong Kong. Uh, give us, you know, the historical, dating back to the 1800s, how did the British, uh, take control of Hong Kong? How was it different than China? Well, firstly, Hong Kong was taken over, uh, including the new territories, um, have been taken over by the British after the Opium War and under a, a hundred year lease. Um, under under the British rule, um, Hong Kong was able to enjoy at least um, a, a good level of democracy, uh, a, a huge economic and financial uh, development over the years. And, uh, and the most important thing I would say is that it gave uh, home to uh, two very, very important concepts. One is the rule of law, and the other was um, the ability for faith communities to thrive, I mean, especially for um, both Catholics and, and Protestants. Um, but um, so right after 1997, when it was handed over back to China, which which is a very, in, in a way, a controversial term, uh, given the fact that it was leased under the Qing Dynasty, which fell uh, shortly after Hong Kong was taken over by the British Empire at the time, um, it you know Hong Kong became a place that uh, was eventually going to become another city of China, but not until uh, 2047. But Obviously, as we know, all of that has been eroded. There, uh, There's no more autonomy in the city anymore and uh, the people are suffering. So there was an agreement in 1997 that the British would withdraw peacefully, but on the condition that for 50 years until 2047, which has not come yet, uh, that democracy would be respected and protected, that the economic freedoms, that the religious freedoms of the people of Hong Kong would be respected. And the Communist Party of China agreed to that treaty. And on those terms, Britain withdrew and, and turned the land over uh, at least until 2047. The problem is China broke the deal and they never respected religious freedom. And in fact, in, in recent months and years, we've seen 
patriotic protests by Hong Kong nationals being squashed and arrested and religious freedom being destroyed and economic prosperity and the, and the, the democratic movement being destroyed by the overbearing outward pressure of the Communist Chinese Party with military arms and strength. Uh, they're, they're overrunning what used to be a, a, a brilliant light of democracy in the Far East. Absolutely, and and you know it, the other uh, title that Hong Kong used to have, it was called the Pearl of the Orient, or, or really, uh, more importantly, the Beacon of Democracy for all of China. And so, uh, you you rightly put it that the Communist Chinese uh, pretty much eroded all of the agreements uh, that was that was set uh, with Britain, and 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 because of that, um, the the people of Hong Kong um, have been protesting for. Uh, you know, since uh, for for about thirty years, so since the handover um, has happened. Uh, but more importantly, I would like to add uh, the fact that you know this only shows that there is no compromise uh, with communist China or any any dictatorship for that matter. You know, I I, I think in another way, Britain made the made, made a huge mistake trusting the fact that um, the communist Chinese would do the right thing, which was not the case. And I think it also reflects on. Um, the, the promises that were made between uh, the US and China when China um, entered into the World Trade Organization and we pretty much delinked uh, human rights and economic uh, prosperity together. Um, and, and so just, just like that, uh, we are also seeing what could happen to prosperous uh, places on, when, when communist Chinese take over and Hong Kong is a, is a great example of that. I wanna ask about Taiwan, uh, although they're not listed yet because they still have independence as a nation. Uh, we recall that in 1947, when communism swept through Mao Zedong and his you know, tyrannical reign, it pushed all of the Republicans into the little island of Taiwan and they've had their own independent country there. We have peace agreements with them. We have security agreements with them. I think America would go to war to defend Taiwan's independence. But recently China has been flexing their muscle. When you see Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine uh, and we don't do anything about that, it may give false encouragement to the Chinese Communist Party that they can be aggressive toward Taiwan and we're not gonna do anything about that. I don't have any confidence that the Biden administration is displaying any kind of strength in our foreign policy. Uh, is there a danger of a war in Taiwan? There's definitely a pending danger in over uh, the war with Taiwan and I, and, and and you know with the the failure of Vladimir Putin to take over Ukraine in a short period of time, I, I think might have given the Chinese a bit of uh, a, a reason to at least um, rethink over their plans to attack Taiwan. You, you have to understand that what has happened to Ukraine on, under the hands of of the Russian Federation is something that the Chinese were essentially trying to use as a model to take over Taiwan. Um, and so if, if, if the push comes to shove and China does attack Taiwan to take over Taiwan, uh, I think it is our obligation to defend uh, defend the island. We will probably also have Japan uh, joining in the fight as well. Um, but is there a confidence that this administration will do anything? Um, I, think, I think the large majority of the people, including myself, would say no. Um, and, and if I may, I would like to also add that you know, if if China does um, go towards that route, 
uh, I'm afraid there is a chance that the people of Taiwan will be under a, a great amount of danger and, and that um, they will probably be wondering, um, you know, are we left to fend for ourselves? And why, why hasn't our friends come to our rescue when they promised us? And if you think China won't do this, they already have a history of doing it. Uh, your family is of Korean descent and you, you remember better than I do, your family does, how in 1950, the Chinese communists ran right into South Korea and we had to fight a war to get that peninsula back and establish democracy there. Um, everyone's concerned, of course, about uh, Kim Jong-un and his nuclear you know, threats against the West. Donald Trump had a great meeting with him, but now what is this, the posture of the Biden administration as far as you can tell? Well, it's troubling because there is uh, there was actually a bill called HR 3446, um, which was going to be introduced. Um, and and then this particular bill um, that is floating that has been floating around uh, uh, Congress for some time now um, was basically indicating that we need to end the war in in South Korea, in, in the Korean Peninsula and essentially pull uh, all the troops out. The danger to that is is that that will be leaving the entire uh, Eastern, uh, you know, East Asia vulnerable uh, to Chinese influence and even to, to potentially a Chinese or North Korean attack. Um, and so the fact that this bill was floating around uh, Congress and in a way, in my view, it emboldened a lot of these virtue signaling, you know, legislators uh, to jump into it, to just make it look like, oh, you, we're, all we're trying to do is to achieve uh, peace in South Korea and uh, in the Korean Peninsula, and that is it. You know, it just, it gets me to think that, you know, are we, are we really safe in our world today? Because if the, China, if the communist Chinese eventually take over um, the region, which, which seems to be an unlikely point at this point, thank, uh, thank God, um, you know, they will be more than emboldened more than enough emboldened uh, to attack the United States like what the Imperial Japanese did back in 19, 1940s. And that aggression by China this time, instead of Japan, would lead to World War III, I believe. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Si-Hoon Kim about his policy solutions and even religious freedom. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial and finally, Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Today we are remembering to pray for and commemorate our 45th president, Donald J. Trump, who was, in our generation, perhaps the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-Israel, and pro-America president of our time. To remember him and honor him, we've issued these brand new golden commemorative 
coins. They have Donald Trump right in the cover and it says, in God we trust, to remind you to pray for our 45th president. For a suggested donation of $45 to our ministry, we'll remember and send you this 45th president coin. And not just that, we're gonna throw in a copy of my book, How to Liberate the World with the Christian Activist DVD. So you get all three. You have a coin to remember to pray and then to learn how to be an effective Christian activist. You get the book and the DVD and then to show the world your Christian faith, we're gonna add this window decal. It says, I pray for religious freedom. So you can remember to pray, learn, and show the world that you stand with us at Pray In Jesus Name. Please donate today when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the bookstore button at the top and you see all four items for a suggested donation of $45. Or call us right now at 866-Obey-God Get yours today. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Sihoon Kim, the director of the captivenations.org, uh, that's the website, captivenations.org. But you have a policy paper there and a media advisory, and I wonder, what is your goal? What are you saying, what are the conversations you're having in Washington, D.C.? Well, our goal is simple. We want, we firstly, by going back to the main uh, principle and the main mission of the Captain Nations, uh, one, of, one of it, which is to uplift the voices of those that has been victimized by the Chinese Communist Party and the warnings that they're giving to, uh, uh, to members of the free world like ourselves. You see, the problem that we were facing here for many decades is that we haven't heard from those that has been victimized by, by such a system, what type of uh, practice uh, that they went through that caused them to lose their family members or even uh, you know resulted in them, they themselves being tortured uh, to a certain amount of time. So uh, by, by firstly uplifting their voices and using that as a warning uh, to our legislators and, and to the greater uh, public in the United States, uh, we would like to uh, we would like to see more aggressive policies towards China, the Chinese Communist Party, and eventually not recognize them as uh, as a respectable government, but to essentially recognize them as what they are, a transnational criminal organization um, that is operating to spread harm around the world. And and as you can see in our website, uh, our you know especially through the work of our great um, DD Logs and even Frank Gaffney, and 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 I, I had an honor to participate in that. We actually wrote a report on the Belt and Road Initiative. We've all we've listed all of the uh, captive nations on there as well, and and we wanted to uh, the main goal behind that paper uh, was that we wanted to let the world know that the the global takeover, attempt of global takeover by the Communist Chinese Party has already started. And it's coming under the name of trade. It's coming under the name of um, you know, free loans. It's also coming in, uh, under the name of development. And sadly so, our even in our own nation, the United, the United States of America um, has sort of fallen, fallen into that trap. I mean, if you go to a grocery store today, I'm pretty sure we can find more than 30 types of products um, that's made in, made in China. Um, and, and, you know, I, 
it's I, I think the other solution that we're also we would like to we would like to see is people making the choice um, to not embolden the Chinese Communist Party uh, by uh, participating in their economic growth, uh, which is which is something that we've been doing for for a long time now, um, and and just slowly move away and and you know even even promoting uh, buying domestic products instead or pro uh, may, uh, or, or supporting products that has been made not under um, you know slave like conditions. And our audience is probably aware that China is also colonizing large portions of Africa. They are, you know, sending, uh, they call them businesses, but they're really harvesting all of the natural resources. They're also this Belt and Road Initiative. They're building highways to the West to get their goods into the West and they're, you know, offering free, I, I guess it's great that people build roads, but there are gonna be strings attached and people are going to cave into that trade problem that is that is going to encroach on liberty in the future. Donald Trump was standing up against that. He, he talked a lot about China. He hampered the trade deals with China. Uh, he slowed them down a little bit, but I imagine the globalists and even Joe Biden wanna open that up again. Well, I mean, that's the danger, isn't it? I, I mean, you you rightly mentioned Africa, but you know, the, one of the more specific example that I know is is Pakistan itself, which is now unfortunately known as another colony for the Chinese Communist Party. Um, if you look at the Guadalajar port, which is located in southern part of Pakistan, um, that has already been taken over by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and as I mentioned in many in many of my other talks um, in the past, uh, you know, any port specifically that has been uh, you know, been developed under under Chinese companies have to meet a very critical point, which is the fact that these ports need to be able to house and operate Chinese naval vessels. So yes, the threat is imminent, and the threat is uh, threat is real. And and even just going back to Africa, you know, I, our, our our colleagues from uh, countries within uh, Central Africa and even um, countries near the uh, South Africa even are telling us that once the Chinese uh, developments occur in their own land, although the development itself may be praised, um, you know, they don't hire local, uh, you know, personnel. They don't, uh, they don't provide any type of benefits um, to the people that are living there, but uh, instead are bringing uh, Chinese workers and laborers and their family members uh, to, uh, uh, to these areas and eventually uh, becoming a majority in, in certain villages and towns. And, 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 that's, and that's scary given the fact that this is how colonialism starts. And, and, and you know, this is not the first time that Africa has experienced something like this before. We have just under a minute left. I wanna lead our audience in prayer. Father in heaven, we pray for an end to the criminal syndicate, which is leading the, the Far East's largest military. Uh, and Father, we pray for an end to communism as a philosophy, that instead uh, there would be liberty, there would be freedom in all of the places that we've mentioned, that the people would be respected, that minority rights, that religious freedom would be respected, and the people would retain their sovereignty and their dignity in the face of this totalitarian oppression. Father, we pray for liberty in Jesus' name, amen. Our guest has been Sihun Kim, captivenations.org. Our website is prayinjesusname.org, prayinjesusname.org, and our phone number is 866-Obey-God. Again, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please donate when you visit our website, prayinjesusname.org. We'll see you next time. 
Maybe you've enjoyed our program and you're wondering, how can we support Dr. Chaps with our tithes and offerings? We've made it so easy right now. You don't even need to go to the website. Just use your smartphone and text the word DONATE to 720-573-0305. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just pick up your smartphone right now and text the word DONATE to 720-573-0305 and you will help us bring you these programs. God bless you in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.